You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. It's not breaking news that the cost of living has been messed up and rising across the country. However, new reports are showing the effects that financial difficulties are having on our physical and emotional health. The Southern Cross's most recent Healthy Futures report has shown direct links through several measures, such as people having difficulty sleeping, feeling more stressed, and having more difficulty affording healthcare, amongst many other issues. To learn more, I spoke to Chief Medical Officer of Southern, of Southern Cross's insurance arm, Dr. Stephen Child, first asking for more details on how the report was put together. Yeah, so Southern Cross Health Society in 2019 contracted Colmar uh, Bunchen, which is now Kantar, to do a survey of a thousand New Zealanders to ask them about well-being and about what they consider is a healthy uh, lifestyle. We've now repeated the study four times, and so we now have over 5,000 uh, Kiwis who have answered our survey, and we have the results from 2022 that we've just recently published. What have these most recent reports shown? Well, it's obviously a lot of information that's come out of this, but one of the things, for example, is we asked Kiwis what is their biggest concern, and cost of living uh, was listed as their biggest concern, followed by COVID, which is the first time that's come up, obviously, um, but also uh, affordable housing has been added, and violence in society is a major concern to New Zealanders as well. How do these sorts of environmental factors affect physical health so directly? Well, it's not just physical health. Remember, well, we also ask people how they define well-being. Uh, and most people will define well-being as physical health, but also emotional health, social health, and spiritual health, a lot like the Maori health model of the four pillars. And so cost of living impacts in lots of ways. For example, if you have a, a higher cost of living, people have to work harder which means that they have less time to spend with their family and quality time with their kids especially, decreases social connectedness, increases stress. Um, And and some disappointing features of the survey, 50% of New Zealanders were unhappy with themselves. They felt that they weren't good enough. A quarter of New Zealanders felt that they'd been highly stressed in the last month. And 11% of Kiwis called themselves unhappy. Uh, And a lot of that is as the cost of living increases, life gets higher. You mentioned that many people are feeling specifically unhappy with themselves and having that sort of social anxiety effect over the past few years. Has there been a rise in this? Yeah, there has been a slight slight increase uh, in in stress levels, 49 to 50%. So, I mean, a pretty minor amount. But um, generally, uh, I think what happens to a certain extent, and it's partly my personal opinion, um, is in a way the well-being message can also make things worse um, because by telling people how many steps they need to do every day, that we all have to uh, do yoga, we all have to eat properly, we all have to lose weight, etc., etc., what that does is it just increases people's guilt often. Happiness is the difference between expectation and reality, and as we increase the expectations of people, we can make them feel increasingly worthless. Um, and so it seems in some ways we may be focusing a bit too much on the physical health and neglecting the emotional health, the social connectedness and the spiritual health of Kiwis. What are some other examples of ways that the cost of living crisis specifically has been affecting people's health? Well, we asked people about healthy eating, for example, and then 93% of people felt that they know how to eat healthy, uh, but the biggest barrier was they felt that it was getting increasingly expensive to eat healthy. Um, and that's a concern. 
as the cost of living goes up, people are having to work harder. And so the average Kiwi sleeps 6.9 hours a night of sleep, which is below the recommended average of seven to nine. The commonest reason the Kiwis are staying awake at night and can't sleep is because of stresses. The biggest stresses are work, family, and cost of living. Have there also been any impacts on the health of these staff shortages seen across the health sector right now? We haven't really seen that directly in our survey results, but we did see some concerning results uh, in which if we asked people what was the barriers to accessing health care, Roughly a third of people describe cost as the main reason it was a barrier to health care, but a third to a half of people also said the wait time and trying to get an appointment at the right time was a barrier, and that has actually gone up higher even in Maori, who found 31% of Maori felt that the wait time was getting longer, significantly had increased, and was higher than the rest of Kiwis, and that's a concern. Do you think that the introduction of the Maori Health Authority can help alleviate this? It could, uh, as as can telehealth. I mean, it, just as I said, in well-being, I think there needs to be an increasing focus on emotional health. Um, don't forget that the Maori health model and the, and the Maori culture uh, already focuses strongly on emotional health, on social interconnectedness, and on spiritual health, and in some way may have lessons for the rest of New Zealand as well. So what sort of changes do you think need to be made to see emotional health improve across the board in Aotearoa? Well, we ask people about um, what uh, mechanisms they already follow. And obviously the first thing is addressing and uh, being aware of your emotional health or your mental health at any one level. Uh, Employers being aware of well-being and emotional health. Flexible working, uh, meditation, mindfulness. Southern Cross, as you know, is uh, providing a free program in schools called Pause, Breathe, Smile, trying to teach um, kids about some of the simple mechanisms that we can do to take care of our own emotional health. The second thing that Kiwi's commented on is decluttering. And decluttering is not just physical decluttering, but also emotional decluttering and so on. If you find that watching the news every night is just increasing your stress levels and it's increasing things, worrying about things that you can't do anything about, possibly declutter the things out of your life that are just causing stress without being a positive benefit to you. And regarding physical health specifically, that has its links to societal factors. What sort of changes do you think that Kiwis could be making in their own lives to help remedy these issues? Well, again, I'm a little bit hesitant to try and talk about the usual messages because I say I think most people showed in our study that they know that uh, moving well, uh, exercising, uh, activity, in fact, energetic housework was the commonest uh, cause of people uh, doing physical activity, um, eating well, uh, and this is why I want to end sleeping well, etc. So I think people know the messages, but I think the core messaging here is to have self-compassion self-acceptance, take this, love yourself for who you are right now today, and then you know what little nudges you can give to lifestyle change to improve those things that you're not looking at. But focus on emotional health as the number one uh, as part of well-being package, if you like. Do you think that a lot of people could benefit from having the same styles of emotional health support, or do people need different kinds of support depending on their needs and personalities? Oh, definitely. Obviously, it needs um, tailoring. On the other hand, there's some commonality to the human mind. Um, And if you read a lot about uh, mindfulness and meditation, 
uh, self-compassion. A lot of these programs that have been developed over the years have been done so because there's a lot of commonality with us as humans. Um, most of us have an inner critic voice. Most of us have many voices talking to us inside our heads, telling us um, what we should have done, or we're lazy, or we need to work harder, or beating ourselves up. Um, that's pretty common. Uh, obviously, different strengths of voices in different people, and yes, different people need different um, uh, ways to approach that. But there's a lot that we can do for ourselves. Do you think that there are any legislative or general culturally wider changes that need to be made across the country to see emotional health and well-being thrive again? Oh, it's a very difficult question, obviously, and probably out of my pay range, really, to discuss the politics or the appropriate way of managing an entire health system. Um, but I am encouraged by the fact that, you know, the John Kerwins of the world, the people speaking up about emotional health now, and hearing Vinci Marshall say the other day on television that, you know, he cries easily and so on. Those kind of conversations and, and recognizing that emotional health is a core part of our well-being, and it's good to have a check-in on our emotional health every day, not just our physical health. I think those are all positive changes. That was Dr. Stephen Child from Southern Cross chatting about the link between cost of living and health. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.